Yo, what's up? Welcome to the show. Sky Captain on the podcast of tomorrow. Hit that shit, baby. been a while yeah i apologize today is thursday august 10th 2017 today is a special day because today is my birthday all right yay Uh, i'm getting too old for this shit anyways yes today thursday i didn't post a podcast last week Some stuff came up, I apologize, and then, you know, like you guys know, we post podcasts every Tuesday. You didn't get one this Tuesday because, you know, life happens, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was pretty busy. Uh, I coach football at my local high school, so the regular season officially started. And, uh, so I'm, now I got that on my plate on top of many, many other, other plates, hats, whatever you want to call it on me. That's what I got going on. So, uh, but yeah, today's a good day, man. I woke up super ridiculously early at five, you know, took care of some stuff, ate my breakfast. Uh... And I'm here with you guys. All right. So basically this on this podcast, it's going to be a a twofer, two for one. Uh, I'm going to give you guys my spoiler review of Dunkirk and a spoiler review of Baby Driver. I know Baby Driver came out a long time ago, maybe about a month, a little over a month ago. Uh, I just didn't have time to record my podcast. review, but I'm going to give you guys my Dunkirk review and my Baby Driver review. But before that, all right, since I didn't post last week, so let's talk real quick um, about the the top five of the weekend box office results. So Dunkirk, again, got the number one spot. I know I had said that I was going to find it hard for it to be in the number one spot, but, you know, you know, I, I didn't hate on the movie, I, I will, you know, talk about my review here in a bit, but I was surprised that it was at the number one spot, and most of that surprise was that it just barely beat the Emoji movie. The Emoji movie, trust me, the Emoji Movie is shit. You do not want to sit through that. And the fact that all of America went, almost all of America went to go see it, breaks my heart. Um, basically, the name of the movie is what sold the movie. Oh, Emojis? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I send them through text messages. Let's go. Oh, and it's a kid's film? 
there is no other kids film out, yeah, let me take my kids and entertain them. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, I'm calling it, adults that have no kids went. And when I mean adults, I mean 18 and up. And that breaks my heart, man, because that movie was garbage. And it could have had a lot of potential, but, you know, it didn't. Don't watch it. Garbage. Now, let's talk about this past weekend, the one that just happened. Very quickly, all right? So, at the number one, The Dark Tower. That got the number one spot. And I was surprised because I honestly thought that Dunkirk was going to take the number one spot yet again. But I thought that because of Dark Tower, it really did not have much of a marketing campaign as far as TV. And I understand that less and less people are actually watching TV. And by TV, I mean, you know, cable, antenna, uh, a satellite dish, whatever. And people, you know, watching the big network, uh, the big, the big networks. So I didn't see much marketing there. I saw it a lot on YouTube. I saw it a lot on, uh, ads, you know, uh, but I didn't see it much on TV, so, I mean, it opened at 19.5 million, and that is a disappointment to the studio. I mean, we're, we're going to see this weekend. I don't think it's going to even be in the top five, to be honest, because the movie was okay, not what I was expecting at all. Uh, before I watched it, though, one of the trailers... I think it was like the last one they released, like the full length trailer. Uh, it revealed, it showed that there's a kid. And he's a, a bit of a main character. And when I saw that trailer, I was like, wait a minute. So is this a kid's movie or what's going on? You know, it's this kid who's supposedly crazy and he does drawings. And then the kid's like, no, this is a real world. And he goes to that dimension. And, and I, that's not that's not spoilers whatsoever. That's just what was shown in the trailer. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, why did it have to be a kid? Why, you know, a lot of people take liberties on, on the original source material. Why couldn't it have been another adult? You know, and just been like some guy who's in like a mental hospital and he's going crazy and he's got all these drawings on his wall. And they deem him crazy, but really he's not, you know. So that kind of turned me off. I was like, oh, man, a kid's, is this a kid's movie? So it, it, was, it was weird, man. It was weird. But, yeah, that got the number one spot. And then Dunkirk at number two, making, uh, uh, I believe it was like, what? Uh, oh, yeah, 17.6 million. So I guess I was wrong about Dunkirk. Um, people are going to watch that movie. Uh I had originally thought that people were not going to go watch it the following weeks because there wasn't any action or the people felt, you know, let down because of the lack of, you know, gore, blood and, and guts and action. So 
so yeah. Oh, and then uh, yeah, this is gonna <laughs> should have said this at the beginning. It's gonna sound a bit weird. I'm I'm in the car right now. No, I'm not driving and podcasting. Do not do that. That is not what I am doing. I am uh, getting a ride home, so I got uh, enough time here to do it because, like I said, Thursday, August 10th, it is my birthday. I do not want to go home, sit down and record. As soon as I get home, I am going to start partying all freaking day. (laughs) Yeah, all day. Called into work. Yeah, I got this shit all planned out, baby. Anyways. Yeah, people are going to watch Dunkirk. And then, again, I am so disappointed in people. People are still going out to watch the Emoji movie. It made $12.35 million. What the heck? Why are you guys watching this? No. Get out of here. Anyways, that's very uh, quickly the weekend box office result that happened last weekend, even though today's Thursday, technically almost the weekend of this week, but whatever. All right. Let's talk about Dunkirk. This is all spoilers, baby. So if you have not seen it, and you don't want to hear any spoilers, pause it, go watch it, come back, unpause. Or if you don't mind about spoilers, then listen up. All right. Dunkirk, written and directed by the great Christopher Nolan, who wrote and direct the Dark Knight Trilogy. Inception, Interstellar, Memento, all these great... He's got a great little bunch. He's got a great handful of films on him. And it's crazy that he has not been... People are saying, whoa, he doesn't have an Oscar? Check this out, guys. Not many know know this, but he has not even been nominated for Best Director. Not one nomination at all. None. He hasn't won an Oscar because he hasn't been nominated. And that is crazy because the little handful of films that he has, they are, you know, worthy of him being nominated. So, and that's amazing. I mean, if if he's, he, you know, now at the beginning, uh, midway, if you want to say, through his career, if he's spit, if he's been spitting out gold from the start, he's only gonna get better, and you know that. We all know that he's only going to get better. But yeah, he did this movie. Um, it's about you know something that happened overseas, not here in the U.S. Uh, these guys were stuck. Basically, they were backs against the sea. You know, the Germans were pushing them, pushing them, the, you know, the British forces, and they were stuck. They didn't have any boats. They didn't have any air support. And it was crazy. And throughout the entire film, you know, all of the soldiers say, why aren't we getting any help? We can literally see home. Home is right there. It's They kept saying that. But it's right there. It's right there. And then, you know, the generals or I don't know what you call them. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We understand, but they're not, they're not, they're not coming, guys. They're going to send one boat, one big ass boat, which is not even nearly enough for all of the soldiers that were stuck there. So they're like, just one? What the heck? We need more. We're still getting attacked. 
we're getting bombed by freaking German planes. They keep coming and just dropping bombs. And, you know, they've made this reference a lot where it's like fish in a, it's like, you know, fish in a barrel. They were stuck, you know, they had, and then the air support, they were like, nope, they're not coming either. And they're like, what the heck? Why not? Well, uh, we're actually saving that stuff for a bigger battle. And all these soldiers, you know, and rightfully so, you know, they were tripping. They're like, what the heck? A bigger battle? But we're here stuck. We, we What are we supposed to do? And then the, you know, the general or admiral or whatever is like, yeah, I know, guys. I, I'm, I'm here too with you guys. But they, the Navy has, like, told the locals, hey, if you have a boat, yacht, whatever, get your ass over to Dunkirk and start bringing some soldiers over here. Help us out. So that's that's what they did. And the way this movie was shot, this film, was uh, through the point of views and perspectives of three three people. Not people, but three... It, it was three point of views, okay? So the first one was the mole, called the mole, which is the soldiers on the on the ground, on the beach. And then number two was the air, I believe. No, no, no it was uh, the sea. And it's on the uh, point of view of one particular civilian who you know, takes his boat over there to Dunkirk. And then three was the air, which was Tom Hardy's character and some other guy. It was two air pilots. So as soon as that was, that was established clearly from the get go that there's three, three perspectives, three points of views. Now me being a, a big Christopher Nolan fan. And if you guys are huge fans, you know, Actually, I don't know if you know, but I knew right off the bat. Okay, three perspectives. One of them, at least one of the three, is not going to be linear. It's going to be like set before all of these events, and then eventually they will meet up somehow. And I was right. And uh, it was great, but he's getting a... (laughs) He's getting a bit predictable, and it's not a bad thing, but people are going to start catching on where it's like, oh, okay, you know, that's how, like, that's how these Nolan boys like to write their stories, and I say Nolan boys because his brother helps him out, I think he helped him out in the Dark Knight trilogy with the, uh, 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 yeah, with the writing, Jonathan Nolan, his brother, so, I, you know, I bring him up because... Jonathan Nolan wrote Westworld, uh, an HBO series, and uh, I believe his fiance or his girlfriend, I'm not sure, I could be totally wrong, she also helped write that, but if you have seen Westworld, and this is a big-ass spoiler, there's definitely, it is revealed that half of these events that you're watching happened in the past, and someone is in the future, <laughs> present and past. I mean, so, you know, I saw that coming right away. I was like, all right, one of these. And yeah, sure enough, one of them was eventually these three timelines, these three stories meet up together towards the end. And uh, 
the story just progresses forward as in one storyline. So that that was great. Like I said, uh, this is not your typical war film. You will not. This is not your Saving Private Ryan. Okay, you're not gonna open up with a bang. As far as blood, guts, and gore, you hardly saw any blood in this movie. This was all. This was all an intense film. A lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people described it that way at the edge of your seat and I completely agree with that every single scene I was like oh my god are they going to make it out oh shoot they were all put in one situation many situations where you thought yeah these guys are freaking dead there there's no way out of it and just somehow they were always you know make it through i felt like that was probably one of the cons of the film in my opinion that was definitely a con so and I say that just hear me out I say that was a con because it happened a lot it happened way too much and I thought well alright you know, this is like the seventh time you're showing us some guy is in some form of a Traumatic distress, traumatic, you know, psychological, mental trauma. And, oh wait, they made it out again. Okay, cool. So, that's one con for me. And, yeah, the first times it happened, I was at the edge of my seat. A lot of things, you know, I'm I'm claustrophobic, so when they were down there... When they get on the boat, you know, Harry Styles and that one other main character guy, kid. And, you know, they're over there getting their jelly toast and coffee or tea. Actually, they're British, so they're drinking tea. Um, you know, Harry Styles is like, hey, what's up with your buddy? He didn't come in here. Why is he outside? And that other kid, I forget his name, you know, no disrespect. but And actually, you know what? Let, let me talk about that real quick. Christopher Nolan brought in a lot of unknown actors, and that was great. The The big talent there, the A-lister, was Tom Hardy, and, and he was hardly in it. He was, he was in it, but very briefly, like very short periods of time. But, yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. Um, and, and that was great that he brought in a lot of unknown uh, actors. But okay, continuing, you know, and he says, hey, what's up here, buddy? Why is he freaking outside? Why didn't he come inside? You know, the other kid's like, well, you know, he likes to be aware of what's going on. He says something like that. And that's when they both realize they look around and, you know, they're at the bottom, like the basement of the ship. They look around and it's packed. And just by their look, they realize, oh, shit. If we get fucking torpedoed or bombed or whatever, we're fucking trapped in here. There's no way out. So that's when they start moving. They're like, okay, okay, all right, we need to start moving. And, you know, the door's locked. They close the freaking door. And guess what? A goddamn freaking torpedo comes at them. And sure enough, so, you know, the boat, the ship starts getting fucking filled up with water. And I just start panicking. I'm like, 
oh my god, man, you know, that claustrophobia kicks in. So like I said, there was a lot of scenes where they get, it keeps you at the edge of your seat. But, you know, the heroes, you know, come out alive. So, like I said, that was a con. But, yeah, this movie is great. It is beautifully shot. I forget the guy, the cinematographer, but Christopher Nolan, he's got this, I don't want to say weird, because I don't know his background, but he's got this unique name. And he has worked with Christopher Nolan before, I think, on Interstellar. Christopher Nolan has worked with, like, two specific cinematographers i don't remember their names i apologize but this one this was shot beautifully and then you had to have seen this in imax it is great it was loud i mean the audio was ridiculously loud especially the plane parts when they would shoot i was like jesus man like i felt like the speakers were gonna blow my ears were like ringing i was like what the heck man but, uh, yeah, let me rate this movie. Um, this podcast, I'm going to try and keep it at half an hour, guys. Because I got a long day ahead of me. But, yeah, this movie, unfortunately, I rated at three beers out of five. And not because I was disappointed that, oh, it wasn't a war movie. No, 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 no. it's Christopher Nolan. He's going to mess with your head. He wants you to use your head. Uh, it's all mental with him, and it's great. He doesn't need... He proved that he doesn't need a violent war film to make money. Because he's making his money. You know, it's still in the top five. You know, it made top one two weeks. And then right now, you know, it's at two. So it, it, it's it's going to it's gonna stay there. So he's making his money worldwide. Uh, I don't know. But the numbers I give you guys are domestic here in the U.S. But... Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, but I know it's three beers out of five. Um, I wish that I could love this film. Like I said, it's beautifully shot. There's no doubt about it. The The directing was also great, but I don't know. I, I wish there were he would have added some more things to add. Oh, and then also there was hardly any dialogue. People were hardly talking. Uh, so I wish there was a little bit more of that so we can fully understand. I bet people from Europe and from that whole entire area, they knew what what's up. They knew what was going on. I mean, I'm from America. We don't study, we didn't study Gunkirk um, in history class or it was never brought up. So, so yeah, I mean, I wish I, I wish he would explain what it was about. And I know he said it, oh. You know, uh, one of the guys was like, we're getting pushed back. There's nowhere to go. The Germans. I wish they showed more of that right there. The Germans actually pressing them further, further, closer to the sea. Um, because the main focus when it was the mole, it was just right there, the beach. I wish they would pan back. Christopher. I wish Christopher Nolan would just go back and actually show the German forces pressing forward. But, you know, he didn't. But, you know, that's just me. That's my opinion. But, yeah, there it is. There's my uh, quick review of Dunkirk. All right, let's go to Baby Driver. This movie, if you have not seen it, you might still catch it on some big theaters. This is definitely a movie theater experience. You need to watch this at the movies, at the theater. You have to. Trust me. 
It is written and directed by Edgar Wright, another director who writes his stuff and then directs it. Edgar Wright is up and coming. Right now he has his, uh, you know, little clique of followers, of loyal followers. You know, he directed, wrote and directed uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Shaun of the Dead, uh, and many other ones that are, you know, little cult classics. I feel like Baby Driver put him on the map. And this also, this is the guy who was supposed to direct the Ant-Man film. He was working on it for eight years, guys. Eight years. And then Marvel was like, hey, um, you know, we know that you've been working on it for eight years and you've done an amazing job. You're great. But within those eight years, we are going into a different direction. And the way you're taking the film isn't on the same path the Marvel Universe is going. So, either, you know, hop on board with us, change it around a bit, or, you know, see ya. And we all know what happened. You know, Edgar Wright left. You know, I guess, uh, I'm pretty sure it was on good terms. I'm sure it was bittersweet. And, you know, that, a lot of his followers, Edgar Wright followers, we were upset. I, I was. I was like, what the heck, man? Uh, Edgar Wright writing and directing Ant-Man? Hell yeah, dude. But it was all for the best. Why? Because he immediately went on to do Baby Driver. And I'm sure, I mean, I see a lot of... Check this out. This is probably uh, cons- considered a conspiracy theory. Hear me out. Ant-Man is considered a heist movie. Okay. Baby Driver is most definitely a heist movie. Now, I don't know what happened, what direction Ant-Man was going in Edgar Wright's eyes and brain. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking, all right, this is totally my theory. I'm thinking it wasn't a heist movie. I'm thinking it was something totally different. And then Marvel, by that time, told them, you know what? We're going to do genre films, but with comic book characters. And they told them, what you have written here and what you have created is great. But we want this one to be a heist film because we're not going to go with the Hank Pym Ant-Man. We're going with uh, Lang. I say Lang because I don't know if it's Scott or Steve. That's got to be Scott. Scott Lang, yeah. So change some things around, make it a heist film. And Edgar Wright's like, no, this isn't a heist film. Uh, plus, I need much more time to... Uh, I need a lot more time to write, to change this, if you wanted a heist film. You know? And then that's when, you know, they went separate ways. And then... Edgar Wright was like, heist film. Well, I started writing a heist film a couple years back. You guys want a heist film? All right. Okay. I got a heist film. Oh, I will, I will, my heist film will smash on your little wannabe Ant-Man heist film. Because Ant-Man, honestly, although, you know, I I don't consider it a full-blown heist film. (laughs) I don't. There was a bit of a heist 
element to it, but no, it's, it's, at least that's for me, okay? A lot of people, you know, feel differently, and, and, and that's great. You know, we can all have our own opinions for movies, and that's, that's amazing. That's, that's what makes it really, really great that us film people can, you know, get together and share each other's opinions and stuff. We can either agree or disagree, or agree to disagree. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that's what went down. And then, you know, I'm sure Edgar Wright was like, dude, I've been working on this for eight years. You guys need to hook me up somehow. And then he was like, all right, I'll leave. You guys bring in someone else. Okay. But I'm going to start filming another film and I need a location. Give me Atlanta. And I say that because Marvel has kind of slowly taken over Atlanta. You know, most of their films are not being shot in New York anymore or L.A. They're being shot in Atlanta. So that's when, you know, Baby Drivers, you know, based off in Atlanta, I was like, okay, maybe that was part of the deal. Okay, cool. And then some of the cast that he was going to or some of the actors and actresses that he was going to cast in Ant-Man, you know, he brought them over here. And I'm sure that was part of the deal, too, where it's like Marvel's like, hey, no, 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 we want to keep uh, John Hamm here. And he's like, nope, John Hamm is with me. We're doing Baby Driver. Anyways, that's my theory. It could be a stretch, but I saw a lot of similarities where I was just like, huh, okay, all right. I could, this could be a little shots fired from Edgar Wright to to Marvel, but I don't know. I could be way off. But yeah, anyways... Baby Driver is an awesome film. You guys have to watch this movie. It is so great. The soundtrack is even better. Edgar Wright is a huge music guy. He integrates that into his films. This movie was built around that music. You know, I'm sure he had this he was listening to the, to those songs and was like, "Ooh, that song would be badass in this type of scene." So, he did great at choosing his music. Baby Driver, hands down, is my favorite film of the year. There, boom, called it. I know there have been, you know, amazing films. Like Wonder Woman. Freaking Spider-Man Homecoming. All those comic book ones that I enjoy watching and following. But this one, hands down, is my favorite film of the of the year. And possibly the decade. <laughs> possibly. It's in the top five in the past decade. It is amazing, guys. Like I said, you need to go watch it. I'm, I'm repeating myself because I can talk on and on and on about this film. Everything about it. I want to keep it short. This movie, you know, is about Baby. That's his name, B-A-B-Y, Baby. You know, he gets himself into a little trouble with, you know, the wrong people. And that guy is uh, Kevin Spacey. I forget uh, his name in the film. It's probably Boss or something like that. I don't know. He tells him, all right, look, I know you're an excellent kid, an excellent driver. You got to work for me and pay back your debt. So that's what's going on. That's revealed, you know, fairly quickly. The cast is amazing. 
and surprisingly, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is in this movie. It's amazing. And, and it's funny because when I seen it, I kid you not, that entire week before that, I was going through Flea's IMDb page and, uh, no, not the IMDb page. What am I talking about? I was going through, uh, his films. I saw one on, on TV. I forget which one it was. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I was watching The Big Lebowski and he's in it. And I was like, man, I haven't seen him in anything lately. Well, guess what? He makes a cameo here. So it's amazing, guys. Well, anyways, Baby Driver, you know, pays off his debt. You know, hooks up with this chick. Super gorgeous, Deborah. And then, you know, he gets called back to work and he has to do it. And, you know, he gets caught in some shit. And it's... This movie does not let the foot off the pedal. And that's totally pun intended, alright? So, I know on YouTube they have the... Like, the six minute... The first six minutes of the film. Watch that. That first six minutes sets the tone for the entire film. It is rated R. In my opinion, I don't know why it, it's rated R. I know it's violent and, you know, there's language. But I think this was like the man just being like, nah, we're going to rate this R. And that's bullshit. Because it's definite, it could definitely fall under a hard PG-13 because there is a scene where Kevin Spacey, it's towards the end, he blows off, blows off, he blows the brains out of some guy, but they don't show it. But you know he did it. So, I, I don't know. I don't know why it was rated R. I don't know. Well, anyways, I watched it twice. It is definitely better. It gets better and better the more times you watch it. The the driving skills, the stunts of, you know, the stuntmen as far as vehicles, amazing, guys. Everything is shot awesome. And then in that intro, like at the beginning, after the, you know, the little heist that they do, they play a song. I believe Harlem Shuffle. Pay attention to the buildings in the background where, where baby's walking. The lyrics are on there. And this was all, you know, released online where it's like, oh, some of the stuff you missed for from Baby Driver. And, you know, that, that was on the top where it's like, oh, the lyrics were graffitied on the background. And that was great, man. That's just Edgar Wright is a genius. He, he's, he's a phenomenal writer and director. You guys definitely got to go watch this. This film. Since I've started the podcast, this is going to be the first film that I give five beers out of five. There was nothing wrong with this film. It was flawless, in my opinion. Five beers out of five. Boom. First film that I review that I give five beers out of five. All right. So there you have it, guys. That is the podcast for today on my birthday, August Thursday 10th. Um, I said that differently. I should have said August 10th. Thursday, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, hope you guys uh, have a great weekend. Again, I apologize for not posting on Tuesday and not posting last week. Like I said, it's been I've been extremely busy. Um, also, um, might be a change here in the podcast again. I I know there's no followers out there. <laughs> you guys aren't listening, but consistency is big, and that's something I need to adhere to and follow through with. I I have to do that, but this podcast might change to just an entire 
movie review podcast. Because the whole news thing, I mean, everything, there's news dropping every single day. And if I do it once a week, news are news is constantly dropping. Like, this week, a bunch of Star Wars, The Last Jedi photos were dropped, you know, for from Entertainment Weekly. The cast of Aladdin added uh, more talent. Uh, the uh, Lion King has casted Beyonce. And so many other people. So, I mean, everything is dropping and it's hard to keep up. So, I was thinking, man, this podcast is sort of kind of like that HBO guy, John Oliver. Where it's like last week today or last week tonight, something like that. Where it's just he crams everything, everything. And and it's hard to keep up because, you know, I'm sort of kind of biased, you know, because I love the comic book movies. You know, I grew up on comic books and, and, and Marvel cartoons and DC cartoons. And, you know, I don't want to leave any other films, you know, in the shadows, like the indies and all that stuff. So this might just change into a movie review podcast where I'll go watch the movies of the weekend. They're opening that weekend, I'm sorry. Review them and let you guys know. But I will also drop other reviews of, like, films from the past. So, you know, I'll watch films with that. Uh, I'll be like, you know what, to be honest, kind of shame, but I have not seen this film. Or I saw this as a kid and don't remember it, like Blade Runner. The new one, 2049, is coming out. I watched Blade Runner as a kid. Um, you know, my parents were, they loved it, but I was, I was a kid, and I honestly don't remember much of it. So, you know, I'll probably do that. I think the podcast is going to change into that, where I'm just going to review all that stuff. And it's just going to be reviewing movies. Anyways, I'm going to give that a shot. I'm going to still do the some of the news. See how I you know how I feel about it. But I'm definitely going to keep reviewing movies. Anyways, follow us on the social socials at Scatpot. That's S-C-A-T-P-O-T. We have an Instagram page and a Twitter page. Follow us there. Subscribe on iTunes and on SoundCloud. I'm going to try and put this up on Stitcher. I'm going to see how that shit works. I'm not, I'm not sure. Also. We have a Stardust app, which is basically film reactions or reviews. I didn't want to do anything video right now, but that one is a new up-and-coming app that is great for film critics and film fans to follow uh, people you know, that they love or respect their opinions and then just watch the reviews there. Follow us there. We have nothing up yet. I'm still trying to figure all that stuff out. I'm sure it's not complicated. It's easy. But yeah, give us a follow on the socials. Subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening, guys. I am your host, Sky Captain. Out.